Thank you for tuning in to Coppin' with Comic. I'm Brian Coppin, and we're here with Comic Ralph Anthony. Ralph Anthony, how the hell are you? Hey, I'm doing all right, man. Thank you. <laughs> oh, it's so nice of you to be here. And where can people regularly see you do stand-up comedy on stage in New York City? And where can they find you online? Uh, they can find me on uh, at RalphTheMouth81 okay. on all social media, yeah. um, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I mean, if you go to that, that's where you'll find me. I, uh, I don't discriminate. I play anywhere. Okay. Uh, bar shows, clubs. Uh, I'm at... You know, the comic strip, Caroline's, Broadway. Um, and are you Ralph the Mouth? I know you do a lot of crowd work. Uh, yeah, I do a ton of crowd work. Uh, I, it's probably one of my favorite parts to opening up a show or ending a show. I don't know. I just, I love to talk to people. And I, I think they probably appreciate the fact that you're in the moment and you're not just like, you know, rehearsing your monologue in front of them. Yeah, I think but. people appreciate it. Uh, it brings them into the show. Sometimes it can shoot me in the foot where, <laughs> well, I, I, no, it's true because sometimes the crowd work is, is just so fluid okay. um, that when you try to transition in the joke, sometimes it could be, you know, it could be some murky waters. But um, Yeah, what kind of stumbling blocks have you noticed? What are you, what are you now trying to stay away from because you've stepped on a landmine in the past? Uh, it's not so much stepping on a landmine. It's just that the crowd work is usually... Um, I don't, I don't, the, usually the crowd work's just really good. Yeah. Uh, I, it's, it's hard for me sometimes to talk highly of myself like that. So, <laughs> well, it sounds like if you're uh, doing crowd work and you have all those shows, you must be doing something right. You might actually, you must actually be a Ralph the Mouth. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you got, I, you earned that nickname for a reason, right? Yeah. It's a very, <laughs> very funny story. Um, um, but in regards to what you were saying is, uh, sometimes it's just hard to transition from, from crowd work to, to jokes. Okay. So it's just trying to pick pick what jokes could seem could fit in seamlessly so you've written a um, lot of jokes in the past and you're able whenever you're like okay i should do a joke or two and then go back into crowd work you're able to instantly call up which of your jokes would be relevant to the crowd work that you just did yeah okay yeah i'm probably dating myself but it's like you're flipping through a rolodex in your mind of, of jokes and for you millennials a rolodex <laughs> is something that people used to use to write down phone numbers a phone number is something that you people used to use to call people calling people is what we used to do before we did texting <laughs> Dude, it sounds like you can work that seamlessly in the crowd work because everybody, I mean, people could be, you know, their face could be lighting up because of the glow of their phone. And there you go. There's a bit of like, what the fuck, man? I mean, we used to actually use them to call people and now you're, what, you're searching for weather? You, you yeah. can't wait till you can't wait till you're outside to figure out it's fucking raining. Yeah, people are stupid. <laughs> and did you see the Aaron Berg thing where he did twenty what twenty eight sets in a twenty twenty five sets? And yeah. it was a lot of crowd work. I mean, yeah, he is okay. he is probably uh, pretty pro at that. Oh my, honestly, Aaron's one of my comedy idols. Okay, like uh, in terms of starting to well, when I moved to New York, he still is. To this day, he's one of two comics that have made me cry from laughing so hard. It's him and actually his uh, um, uh, co-host on In Hot Water, Gino Bisconte. Oh, yeah. They, so, they've made me laugh till I cry. And is she doing a lot of crowd work, too? It's a he. Oh, Gino. Gino. Okay, G Gino uh, Bisconte. Uh, yeah, Gino. Yeah. I mean, Gino, they both have great jokes, okay. uh, and they're both amazing at crowd work. Okay. Um, Aaron's, Aaron's the king of crowd work. It, it's It's... There is no question he's the king of crowd work. Uh, I would put his crowd work up against anybody in the country. And so your aim is to be that good at crowd work? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then at he's the like end the of it, what Jordan. I like is, yeah, at, at the end of this set, he'll say something like, like, thanks for letting me play with you guys a little bit. Yeah. And I like that because it sums up what crowd work is, where you're actually, uh, the people in the audience feel like, oh my gosh, this guy is actually, you know, this, this comic genius is coming down to my level and he's making jokes with me. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, it makes people feel part of the show, you know? It brings them in. And, it, it, and if you're doing crowd work and you're moving around on stage, the audience is forced to stay focused and to pay attention. They have no chance to go on their phones. Yeah. You know? Because uh, yeah, it's like, like, like in law school, you know, I went to law school where they would call it Socratic method, where the only way you can teach a lar large amount of students anything with them paying attention is that you have to call on them randomly and put them on the spot. So they'll just yeah. fucking pick your name off a seating chart. Yeah. And, and thereby you had to be fucking ready. Because if it's a lecture, you know, 100 people are just going to go to sleep. So yeah. I like that you just have to stay ready and in the moment. And how do you prepare for that? Like if, you're, uh, if you do a lot of material, you can just write all day or whatever. How do you make sure that when you get on stage, you are ready to just be the king in crowd work? Are you making sure that you're fucking taking your vitamins? Are you getting enough sleep? What are you doing? Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I would do, I was doing all that stuff before stand up. you know, uh, take multiple vitamins every day. Uh, you drink tons of water, you get your sleep. Um, but usually I just toke up right before I go on stage. Really? Oh yeah. Wow. Yeah. So your yeah. short term memory is fine, but your, I mean, anything else would be affected. I feel like my memory is, my memory is perfectly fine. Yeah. And so yeah. you're like, yeah, even if you probably would have forgotten your material by that point, but as far as riffing in the moment, you got that down on lock. Because you're yeah. so focused. Yeah, usually, I, to be honest with you, it, it, I don't forget my jokes. I, I try, you know, it's... Because you rehearse them. You write them yeah. down, you rehearse them, um, and you just you just stay present. You just stay focused. And is, you're up there, and you're there to do a job, so... Is any of, like, um, the fact that you enjoy crowd work, is any of that stem from the fact that it might get a little bit old to get up and say the same jokes over and over again? Um, is it for your enjoyment or more for theirs? I think it's both. Because I think if you're going up there... And I think comics, we get so wrapped up into doing stand-up and trying to get shows and you deal with the the clicks and the, the BS and all the nonsense that's going on in this com comedy community that it, people get frustrated yeah. and you forget that we do stand-up to have fun. Yeah. You know, we do it to have fun, to make people laugh, to make people forget about the bullshit that they have going on. Right. So, you know, I, I remember this quote that Chappelle said uh, when he came back to doing stand-up. He said... I'm not here to tell jokes. I'm just here to fuck around. Yeah. And that's literally, I'm here to just fuck around and make fun of everything. <laughs> Everyone and anything can get it. That's. And then how do you make sure that like, okay, if you ever have a good bit, you can polish up that bit forever and that can end up on the fucking Tonight Show or something. Like, I almost liken what you're doing with crowd work to improv where it's a magical thing. It's like a once in a lifetime performance mm -hmm. because that might never, that interaction might not happen again. Yeah. Like, how are you ensuring that like a hilarious joke in the moment that was created out of crowd work can kind of live on? I mean, are you taping your sets yeah, or are I, you kind of using a different, a slightly similar form in a different show? Nope. I record every single set. Oh, good. Um, I record every set, whether normally it's always by video on my phone. Oh, cool. And if you go to my Instagram handle, RalphTheMouth81, you'll see mo literally 90% 90 per 90 of my clips that I post are just crowd work. Okay. You and know? they must love it, right? Like your Instagram followers must love that because, I mean, you're putting up new stuff, what, fresh stuff daily or fresh stuff weekly? Usually fresh stuff weekly. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll usually throw out. Uh, I, I kind of switched up how I was doing it. So now I usually throw out like uh, two or three joke posts a week uh, and then like one or two clips. And it's really just crowd work. But okay. I don't know. You run a fine line with stand-up and especially with crowd work because you're also navigating what you can get away with. Yeah. And that's how I gauge what jokes to kind of tell. So oh. if I can go up 
and be a little offensive with crowd work, that'll lead me to what kind of jokes I'm going to do. Like I'll have a oh, list wow. of maybe four, five, six, seven jokes that I want to do for that, you know, seven to 10 minute set, okay. eight to 10 minute set. So the crowd work will help dictate what jokes I'm going to do. <laughs> and so if they're pulling back on something tame, then you'll be like, I can't do that fucking hot button joke I was going to do later. Right. Okay. Um, because sometimes jokes will come back to, to bite you. Uh, I had an instance with a show on Valentine's Day. It was, I was down in, um, in Long Beach. Okay. And, uh, you know, it was about, I'd say about 150, 175 people. And the crowd work was phenomenal. I, was do, I, did, uh, I did almost 40 minutes. Wow. And 20 minutes of it was just like, just crowd work. 15 up front, and then I got into jokes, and I went back to crowd work in the middle because I, uh, I'd won them over, and I did a joke that kind of like split the room, and it was oh, about no. the Special Olympics. Okay. And, uh, and uh, so we split the room, and, uh, and, I, and it shocked me that it happened because I was like, that's where you guys are going to draw the line, like, I'm talking about this husband and wife that have been married for 40 years, and it's because yeah. of anal that stuck that, that, that kept them together. And here you're getting mad at a joke about the Special Olympics. Like, yeah, what went wrong there? I guess anal between husband and wife is fine, but Special um, Olympics is a bridge too far. Well, what I've learned is that people will let you say more if you're talking with them as oh. opposed to talking at them. And that was the sh- that was what I learned at that show. Oh. And it was the com- it was the headliner that taught me that. She, on the ride back, she was like, "You were doing phenomenal." Okay. Um, but you got to realize that when you're talking with somebody, they give you more leniency as opposed to when you're talking at them. Yeah. And so unless you can speak with a uh, special knowledge of somebody you know with, you know, who's in the Special Olympics, yeah. then you're not with, you're not speaking with them or whatever. Right. But if you're in a marriage that stays together because of anal. Yeah. yeah oh, I love that. Yeah. And so, I mean, and so from then on, you kind of made sure to keep that in mind and never do it again. And how do, how do you know? Like, so I guess do you have a certain litmus test jokes uh, that you get into with crowd work or, or what? I think it just comes with experience. Okay. You just got to keep gutting up there. Okay. Like the, the headliner has been doing stand-up for like 21 or 22 years. Wow. So, you know, I've only, I, I've, I started uh, coming up on eight years ago. Okay. And I've really been hitting it hard for the last like five years, six, maybe six years, coming up maybe five, eh, about five years. And what so. happened five or six years ago such that you started hitting it harder? Um, I just hated my job. <laughs> you know, I, I was a sales rep for, for, for an office supply company called, okay. uh, called WB Mason. And it, it used was, to be Dunder Mifflin. It, yeah. You'd be super, Yeah. <laughs> that show is actually based on our company. <laughs> is it? Yeah. No. Up, yeah. Up wow. and including the idiot boss. <laughs> <laughs> he was so funny though. Yeah. But like, and so does any of your, um, you know, the success that you get in sales or whatever, is that kind of out of the fact that you stay in the moment and you're able to kind of overcome objections and test the room, feel out the room and see where they're at and ad- adopt your spiel accordingly? Uh, I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Okay. I guess. Like, I, I don't fucking I've, care. I've never I'd rather really... have an audience laugh than make a sale at at an office supply company. Yeah, I mean, I got fired a year ago. So, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and are you still uh, in sales or no? Um. Yes and no. Yeah, okay. I okay. just picked up a new gig. Um. Uh, doing memberships at a, at a gym, just oh, cool. selling memberships. But uh, but then you can stay in shape too, and then help. Yeah, you, uh, free membership. Okay. Yeah. And then um. Online, you're Ralph the Mouth 81, mm-hmm. and they can see your clips on Instagram. Yeah. And that's where you're doing, like, you're going to, so if you have, like, shitty, and if you have do 10 clips in the week or whatever you're going to choose, you, you might discard a couple because they didn't work out or whatever. But, um, and then you'll post just a couple of those. Yeah, usually they're uh, anywhere from, like, 30 seconds to a minute and a half. 
And that's what, like, Andrew Andrew Schultz, does he post stuff similar? I think he, he was like, it's, yeah, it's smart to kind of post regularly <laughs> and post, you know, maybe a bit and then some crowd work, and that's all you got to do. Yeah, he... Yeah, uh, he's also a beast too. Huh? Yeah, he is absolutely. Phenom- I think he's probably one of one of, or if not the the hottest com- comic in the country right now. Oh, yeah. like he is he's just he's everywhere, and his jokes are are he's just a killer. You know, that's what that's what we should all be striving to is a comic that wants to push the boundaries, say what they think that because that's that that's the freedom of speech. Yeah. He doesn't care. Um, and he makes fun of the most minute little things, and that's what I love. Like I'm, a, I'm from the school of like George Carlin, Chris Rock, like okay. just pointing out the everyday stuff okay. and, and all the nonsense, and that that's what he does. And so it's usually pretty safe. Like, meaning if you're if you're pointing out, you know, the you know rather if you know, I guess Chris Rock will also do stuff on race, but if you're pointing out like the minutia that you can fucking make fun of, everybody will just laugh their ass off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I I do a thing about um, how I don't like people. <laughs> Because uh, I, I don't, I really don't, I fucking hate people. Um, but it's not like, you know, it's just small groups. It's like everyday people that you come across. Yeah. So, you know, um, uh, I'm trying to think of what I could actually say. Here. Yeah, without <laughs> stepping on your jokes. You can say anything, yeah. but yeah, feel free not to step um, on your jokes. Right? You know, it's, uh, you know, people that, uh, you know, if you ever meet someone for the first time and they immediately correct you on how to pronounce their name, <laughs> you know, you're like, I you know, don't be an asshole. Yeah. It's like little things like that. And so is there anything from, um, you know, is Andrew Schultz just getting up? Just did he get up, you know, every single fucking night? Is he just a beast in that way? I mean, what after the careers of, you know, Aaron Berg and, and Andrew Schultz, can you make sure that you're next on that Mount Rushmore of comedy? Uh, you know, I, I would just say just keep working hard. You just keep working. That stand up like you just have to stick at it, stick yeah. with it. Like it's one of those things where – Sometimes no matter how good you are, it'd still be frustrating. You still might not get booked yeah. as much. Um, you know, I've had producers of shows say that uh, I'd love to have you on. I think you're funny as hell, but I have too many white guys. <laughs> that's, you're like, that, that is that's, nothing that I did, I did wrong yeah, that's, and it's being used against me, but you just kind of keep hustling around it. Yeah. You find the clubs that don't have too many white people. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, it's clubs. Clubs Clubs now, ba- I've heard clubs based based bookings on Instagram followers. Uh, you have bar shows that book people just based on race right. and diversity. It's, there's a lot more There's a lot more to being in stand-up than just being funny, right. which is fucking ridiculous. Yeah. Like, if you're funny, you should just get booked. Yeah, and, and I suppose and one point I had is, like, you know, an Instagram comic who has, you know, millions of followers or whatever, you know, might be sufficiently funny, but that does not mean that he or she is millions times more wow. funny than somebody with a thousand followers yeah right. i i love seeing these social media quote-unquote stars right. tank on shows <laughs> i no, i get off on the stuff like that like you know oh great cool you're funny for 140 characters or 280 characters yeah. awesome cool good that, story bro that's what he gets off on and ralph anthony we're gonna look forward to just um you're, you're never-ending hustle. You came here when the trains were fucked. You came here when there was a virus. So it sounds like you're the next Aaron Berg and the next Andrew Schultz. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Uh, I did not co-sign on that statement. <laughs> I did not co-sign. Uh, but they're just, you know, they're, it's just two, they're two amazing comics to look up to. Oh, good. Well, I yeah. mean, those are the right ones to look after because we know that if we go see your show, you're not just going to be rehearsing the same jokes. You're not going to be um, reciting the same jokes that you did five other times that night. You're going to be present. You're going to be in the room, and we might be able to riff with you a little bit. Yeah. I mean, just, I'm just here to fuck around. That's right. He's here to fuck around. Ralph Anthony, thank you so much. Thanks, Bobby.